Welcome to an LTFC Studio Production. Episode 1, Overcoming Giants, Part 1. Recorded August 27th, 2017, with Pastor Ron Robinson speaking. Today, um, I just feel like the Lord uh, is given me... Um, a new direction uh, to pursue and um, preparation as we talk about a new year coming. Um, a new year, um, yes, a new year in terms of school, you know, uh, but, but also a new year in terms of what we are anticipating God to do in the coming calendar year. And so as I was praying about that and just really seeking the Lord, um, I was kind of directed to Joshua and uh, just started rereading Joshua again and um, just felt that um, this is the direction that the Lord would have me lead for our next series. And I've entitled it, Overcoming Giants. See if I can get this to work. Whoop. Okay. Overcoming giants. And um, really, the, the message today is, is more than just about overcoming giants. And we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But before we uh, get started, let's, let's turn in our Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. You'll find this in your pew Bible on page 208. Page 208. Joshua chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 1 through 9. 1 through 9. Let's stand and uh, we'll read this together, all right? <clears throat> Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses." Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, to the Hittite uh, country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. That you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? 
Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Father, we pray that you would just, again, bring illumination to your word. Father, uh, we thank you that you are the light of the world. And that, Father, where you shine, darkness is dispelled. And so, Father, I just pray today that as we wait on you today, that you would speak and that, Father, you would not only cause us to reflect on your truth, but, Father, you would call us, quicken us to action. That, Father, we would be overcomers in every way. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Joshua is a great book. There's a lot in it um, that I hope over the next several weeks we'll be able to talk about and, uh, and, and glean what I believe God would have us know and um, what I believe he calls us to be about uh, in our lives. The way this chapter starts out <clears throat> is very interesting. It says that after the death of Moses, you know, we, we kind of come on to the scene and we see uh, Joshua, we, we see the people of, of God, the Israelites. And I can imagine, you know, after a, a great leader uh, that they followed for 40 years, you know, first of all, Moses came uh, you know, he stepped into what God had for him at a very late age. Um, he was 80 years of age before he even engaged in, in God's call on his life. And then um, died at an age of about 120. Pretty old. <laughs> so I've got a little ways to go, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, he, he stepped into God's calling what God had for him. And God used Moses in a mighty way for 40 years. That brings in and of itself great encouragement to me. I don't know about to you. The fact that you're, you know, we're never too old. We're never um, not at that point that God can't use us in a mighty way. We just have to know him and, and understand his calling. And then, like Moses, like Joshua, we have to embrace that calling. Um, so, great encouragement. But here we are. And, and um, you know, this patriarch of the church or of God who's led these people faithfully uh, in their wandering through the desert. And now bringing them to that point of possessing the land. We see Joshua come on the scene and, and, you know, I can imagine just the feelings that he probably were going through him. How many of you, 
you know, uh, maybe at work or in other situations, you can reflect and remember maybe someone that you just really admired. You admired the way they connected with people. You, you, you admired the way they were bold and courageous and yet understanding and supportive, um, just great role models for you. I can certainly um, remember that on several different occasions. And, um, you know, we can be at that point as we see this chapter begin to open up where sometimes we can just be in that state of almost like despair, you know, wow, we've lost this, this person, this, this um, individual that has spoken into my life, that has brought great meaning to who I am and what I, I do, and, and find ourselves at a loss. And yet, we see here God speaking to Joshua and saying, you know, the time of mourning this great man, this leader, the time is over. I'm calling you to step in to and embrace my calling on your life to lead these my people. Just an interesting opening to this chapter, I believe. You know, there's a time, there's a place to, to celebrate. There's a time and a place to um, kind of mourn and grieve. But there's also a time in our lives when God calls us to step out of that into what he has for our lives. <clears throat> And so what do we see happen? Well, Joshua begins to do that. Um, the first point that I want to make today in our preparation for this study on overcoming giants is to kind of give you a little bit of a background about Joshua and how he, his relationship with God, how he responded to God and his call on his life because I think it's important in understanding this leader that uh, God was commissioning to lead his people into the promised land. First thing that I want to point out that God, God prepares us for what he calls us to, to, to be about. Um, I think that's very important. In fact, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 speak to that. Uh, as you reread over that, it, it, it was a time where Joshua, it, it wasn't just a situation that occurred just that moment where God spoke to Joshua and God uh, and Joshua heard him and then stepped into that. No, it, it was a life of preparation in, in, for Joshua. Um, Joshua had to learn how to uh, follow before he could lead. In Exodus chapter 17, verses 9 through 10, uh, we understand this. And this is um, the, the picture where Moses was the leader. 
all right? And um, he called upon Joshua, kind of starting that process. Uh, Joshua's in his army, all right? A military guy. And, and no doubt God had already spoken to Moses and, and said, Moses, I want you to prepare Joshua. So Joshua, or Moses speaks to, to Joshua and says, look, I want you to help me. I want you to select the men to help me fight this battle. The battle, of course, was against um, uh, Amalek and the Amalekites, all right? And it's that story, you remember, where Aaron and her were with Moses on the mountaintop. And uh, the story is that as uh, Aaron and her helped to hold up Moses' hands, the Israelites were successful in battle. And when Moses' hands got heavy and they began to drop, they would begin to, you know, be defeated. And so Aaron and her helped uh, Moses in that. Well, while Moses was leading all of that, where was Joshua? He was the one that was leading the men in battle, doing the work. And, and so I just think that's really important. Uh, you know, God, we can't step in and embrace what God has for our lives until we're, we're um, prepared for that. And, and it means we have to learn how to lead. We have to learn to be a follower. We, and the only way we're going to do that is to engage our lives in God's service. So as we think about the church and we think about, you know, God, how can I be effective for you? Well, it's as we engage in opportunities, as we learn to listen to his calling on our lives and, and connect with others in leadership and follow uh, God's uh, call through their example that uh, we can grow and learn what is important. Certainly in the corporate world, we understand that, how important it is to have um, a great leader uh, uh, before us. And it's those, a, a great leader is only as great as his ability or her ability to raise others up in, in that leadership and uh, to be able, able to emulate what um, they are doing within that, that company or business. Um, so we see here in this example and, and a little bit further in that same chapter of Exodus 17 where uh, it says in God's word that Joshua grew in wisdom and godly counsel. It was a process in his life. You know, um, I was just thinking about, you know, the different paths that um, God has had for my own life. You know, I started out teaching in public school and then from that went into nursing home or healthcare administration, then in the church and then in a Christian school as an advancement director and now here. And it's like each situation, you know, um, you, you understand maybe God's call for that moment. And then when you sense his stirring in your life uh, to something else, 
sometimes you, you, you wonder, well, what could that be? You know, because we can't always see the whole picture. But when we get there and we look back over our path that God had us follow, we see how in each situation he prepared us for what he had us to be about next in our lives. Joshua could always be found. And I think this is important too. Joshua could always be found at the tabernacle. What did the tabernacle represent? The tabernacle was the place where God's presence dwelled. And Joshua was a man after God. He always hung around God's presence, the tabernacle. Joshua was a faithful and loyal servant of Moses. You, would, you might say he was an apprentice of Moses. Um, and then the next point that I wanted to talk about was the fact that, uh, and you remember this, Joshua and Caleb, first of all, Moses had commanded, uh, or yes, commanded that each tribe, there be a representative for each tribe to go in, remember, to spy out the land, the promised land. And as they went, they came back, and only two had a positive report, Joshua and Caleb. And um, we find that in Numbers 14 through uh, 6 through 9. They came back with a positive report, a positive confession, um, a confidence in, in God. That can only come as we know God, as we are in relationship with him. That is an insight, I believe, into Joshua, the, the fact that he was a man after God. In fact, as you may or may not know, Joshua, Yeshua, the Hebrew, is the same word in the Greek for Jesus. Joshua was a type of a representation of Jesus Christ. He led his people, Joshua, into the promised land. Jesus leads us into a life of liberty uh, and, and blessing and wholeness uh, through um, salvation in our lives. Just powerful symbolism throughout all of this. Another point uh, is that Joshua was desert tested. You know, uh, all the time that they were wandering in the desert, Joshua is right there with them. And as you know, because of their unwillingness to embrace God's promised land, they were too afraid, you remember. Uh, they had to and, um, wander in the desert, all right, for 40 years. And in fact, they wandered in the desert long enough for all of those who were in disbelief to die off, except for Joshua and Caleb. And that, I believe, had everything to do with their understanding of who 
God was in their own lives. They had a positive report. They were confident in their God. Joshua led the Israelites in possessing their promised inheritance. We read one victory after another. You know, God said, here it is. Everything you step your foot on will be yours. Everything. It's a promise that I'll always be with you. Man, what, what greater blessing and encouragement could we receive? And yet, there was that original doubt that caused the nation of Israel to wander and to not embrace what God had for them. But the end result, I think, is, is wonderful. You know, we, we go through, I've gone through in my life, I'm sure, many times where, you know, I just didn't believe it was possible. I didn't believe I could do it or I didn't believe um, in what I was sensing in my heart. I was fearful, I was afraid. And in that wandering, God was still always there. But the end result is that as we are faithful to be on our faces before him, he will be there to see us experience that victory, that blessing, that promise that he has for us. His desire is that we experience it right now. And I'm sure there are many times that I've, like I said, I've just frustrated him in the fact that I've been too bullheaded <laughs> to, to step into that. Ron, wake up, you know? Well, getting back to Joshua and Caleb, talking about that confidence reminds me of, a, uh, of really a time in my life when, um, I, when I was teaching public school, actually, and uh, I was subsidizing, so to speak, my income in the summer months by doing uh, a bunch of odd jobs. In fact, uh, my brother-in-law, who used to pastor here, Don Murray, and I formed a little business. We called it R&M for Robinson and Murray, R&M Handyman. And our tagline was, we do almost anything. <laughs> kind of scary now. <laughs> when I think back over some of the things we did, but there was that, I, as I was reflecting over that, when I came to this point, it was kind of that reflection of, you know, crazy or what? I just felt confident in my abilities, you know? Um, it was like, can you do this? Sure, I can do this. I maybe have never done it before. But there was that confidence in, in, in what I was doing that I was willing to take a stab at it. And I had always learned from someone else the difference between a professional and an amateur was a professional knew how to cover up their mistakes. 
And I think there's a lot of truth to that. <laughs> but I mean, we did all kinds of things from uh, uh, remodeling a beauty salon. I'm not going to tell you which one it is. <laughs> Uh, but it's still still operating. It didn't burn down or anything. It's amazing. No. <laughs> to uh, just about anything and everything. It was a lot of fun and uh, learned and grew in, in my skills and abilities uh, as it related to that. And that's the way it is really in our spiritual lives. The confidence comes in knowing who we are. Christ Joshua and Caleb knew who they were in Christ well in God <clears throat> I guess what I want to say is what I believe here at the beginning of this is Victory and possession will only be realized as we engage, really, I think, two things. The Lordship of Jesus Christ. We take ourselves out of the, the, the king's chair and we put God on the throne of our lives. And... The second thing is the knowledge of his word. The knowledge of his word will only come as I'm in relationship. I know you hear me say that over and over again, but it's true. It only comes as we are in relationship with God, as we make him a priority in our lives. The more I get into his word, the more I'm encouraged the more that I can see it's not about me, it's Christ in me. Christ in me, the hope and glory. <clears throat> Joshua knew and worshiped God, like I said, and because he knew God and worshiped him, he knew his position before God and he humbled himself in his presence. Later in the chapter, or the chapters, the book of Joshua, chapter 5, verses 13 through 15, we'll get to that. But we see where Joshua is ready to lead the nation of Israel into the to possess their land. And as he's leading them, all of a sudden we see this, we read about this figure that appears before him. And Joshua basically says, are you for us or against us? And who is this? But the commander of God's army, God. And um, as soon as he speaks, 
What do we read in scripture? Joshua gets down on his knees. He humbles himself in the presence of God. Now, why did God do that? We're going to find that out. But basically, God did that as he was getting ready to lead his people. He wanted him to know that it's God who leads us into victory, not us. It's God. Joshua's entire career as a military commander and leader is an example of the victory that we too can experience, the nature of Christ reflected in us as we engage our faith to believe and possess the inheritance that is already ours. Why? Because we're qualified. Jesus qualified us, Colossians 1.12, to be able to receive that inheritance. It's already available, Ephesians 1.11 says, through Christ. And the fact that it's already available means that it's God's unchanging, unwavering plan for us. His abundant provision, peace, rest, whatever it is we need. 1 John 5, 1 through 5 speaks to that. So, first point, and the last two points are going real fast. God prepares us. The next is God encourages us. Our inheritance can only be realized by faith and obedience in God. Like I said, when we make him Lord of our lives, when we absorb his word through reading, through meditating, through uh, being in communion with him. And when we do that, verse 9 that we read today says, we have the promise of his abiding presence. That's encouragement. God encouraged Joshua through his people as well. And God uses people. He uses circumstances to bring encouragement in our lives. No matter what we may have gone through or what we are currently going through, God's promise is like we said, that he'll be with us no matter what we're going through. And the other comfort is God is the final authority, not the enemy. God is the final authority. Isaiah 54, 17 and Luke one thirty seven. Luke 137 says, nothing, nothing is impossible without God or with God. So today, be encouraged. Be encouraged in his abiding presence. Be encouraged in the fact that he shows up in our lives. Be encouraged that he uses circumstances, he uses people to speak into our lives, to bring encouragement and be encouraged today that God understands 
God, Jesus Christ, was fully God and fully human. It wasn't that he just came to earth and for a bit of time became human. He became human flesh and ascended back to God or to heaven, both God and human. He can understand, he can relate. Hebrews 2, 16. And then the last point today in preparation for overcoming giants is God enables us. God prepares us, God encourages us, God enables us. We see in verse 6, I love it, verse 7, and then a little bit later in that same chapter, verse 18, God says, be strong. Be strong. He says it three times. I've come to understand when God repeats himself at least three things or three times, it's for a reason. He wants to drive home a message of truth. Be strong and courageous. God wants us to know that what he commands, he enables. What he commands, he enables. And then lastly, although Joshua was a skilled and tested commander and leader, that was not enough. The point I'm wanting to make here is we can be as well-trained, we can be, uh, you know, at, at work, we can be the most experienced person, we can have the highest position, but you know what? <laughs> That's not what makes us successful. Our victory is only going to come through faith that what God says he's going to do or what he has given us, he means it, is true. And that we engage that faith by obedience in stepping into and embracing the promise that he has for us. Those are the points that I believe God wants us to understand as we embark on this uh, journey of overcoming giants. Um, overcoming giants is just really the partial understanding of the reality that is ours through Jesus Christ. The other part is this. We overcome to inherit. In fact, in the book of Joshua, inheritance, that word is used 58 times. 58 times. I think that's because God wants to, us to understand he has an inheritance for us and it's available to us right now. You know, when we look over the nation of Israel and we read his word, sometimes we lose the gaps in between the stories. We kind of, in our minds, see it all blend together. And we think, here 
was the nation of Israel, you know, the Israelites, God's chosen people. Look at all the miracles that happen. And we maybe tend to just think, well, you know, that's wonderful. But as it relates to my life, you know, um, I, I don't always seem to experience those miracles. Well, let me tell you, what I mean by gaps is, yes, God did the miraculous in their lives, but there were long periods where they had to work, they had to be faithful, they had to believe, they had to engage, just like we do today. So when God said to them, I have all of this for you, the promised land flowing with milk and honey. All you lay your foot on is yours in Jesus' name. Be strong, be courageous, step into it. And now we take that message and we apply it to us today, right here. What could that possibly mean? Do we have the faith to believe that this community is God's promised land? That there is an inheritance waiting for all of us to embrace? Is that possible? Can we see it? Can we believe it? God says, yes. Will we, like Joshua and others, not only trust God, not only align ourselves with, with him in relationship with him, but will we have the faith and the courage be strong, be strong to see it through God's eyes, to pray it in, in Jesus' name and say, Father, okay, help me to have the faith. Give me the eyes to see. I can, I, I know with certainty that as we get on our knees, as we cry out to God, as we make that the profession of our hearts and then take steps where we can in that direction, God will bless that. And I believe God can use us to impact this community and all the promises, the inheritance that is waiting to be experienced in our lives and the lives of others in our community. And today, as we prepare to take the table, the Lord's Supper, that is really what this is all about. It's the victory that is ours. Christ made that possible. By dying on the cross, by allowing his body to be pierced, beaten, tortured, so that we could experience all of what we've talked about today. Hallelujah. 
So as we come to this point, I'd like to invite the ushers to come forward. And uh, we are going to pray. We're going to take the Lord's table, and then you're free to go. All right? Are we good? Okay. You can take one of each. Why don't we just step out, this side, step out, come up front, grab your uh, bread and juice, and then turn, return to your seat, okay, on the outside. Yes, both sides of the aisle. This, this side, come down, and you can partake from keys, and this side... From yes, would you? your juice and bread and we'll take it together, okay? Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks 
he broke it and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this blood is the blood of the new covenant. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Father, we thank you and praise you today that as often as we take of this bread and drink of this juice, we do it in remembrance of what you have made possible. Right relationship with Father God. Heirs to all of the promises that you have prepared long before time for each one of us. We thank you that, Father, through your death and resurrection and ascension, we now have your presence with us, your abiding presence, the Holy Spirit enabling us to step into our inheritance. Father, I pray in the next days and weeks to come that you will quicken us to see with your eyes, to begin to understand with your, your thoughts, Father, what is possible through your empowerment in and through our lives for this community, for our own lives. We give you praise, Father. I pray that the rest of this day would be a day of truly rest and restoration in each one of our lives by your presence. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Go with Jesus. Thank you for joining us for this message from Pastor Run. We hope that this message has helped draw you closer to God. We also hope that you will be able to join us for our Sunday worship as we would love to have you be a part of our church family. Our Sunday school starts at 9 a.m. and Sunday worship starts at 10 a.m. Don't forget to check out our website where you can find our address and our church phone number. The website is trinityfriends.com. Once again, that's trinityfriends.com. While there, feel free to check out the calendar for upcoming church events that are happening as well. And feel free to check out our new Facebook page to stay up to date on all the new activities that are happening as well. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. And as always, God bless.